All saints need prayer. Every Christian needs prayer. And you and I need the prayer support of God's people. And every Christian who wants to fight this spiritual battle, who wants to be engaged in serving the Lord, you will be involved some way, somehow, amongst praying people, laying out your needs, taking them to the throne of God, watching, persevering, supplicating, and asking others to pray with you and for you in the Christian life. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak, and on this first day of 2013, there is a word from the Lord. We're turning to the Psalm 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. I can think of no better psalm or prayer for the new year. Here you have the contrast between the blessed man and the ungodly. The blessed man is like the tree planted by the rivers of water, while the ungodly are like the chaff which are blown away. You don't normally think of a tree dying up in the heat, but these days, well, many of God's people are losing their vigor for the Lord. Verse 2 gives us the root system of that godly tree. Well, it is the reason for it all. And that root system that goes down into the law of the Lord, it is this drawing life from the law of the Lord which makes the difference between chaff and the evergreen Christian who will prosper even in adversity. It says, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. This, of course, is the work of our gospel ministry, and it is to introduce you to the law of the Lord and have you drink from it. There are a number of essential things right here. There is a holy separation, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And there you see this a godly counsel. This man has learned better philosophy than that of the infidel, and he has too much sense of God's presence to endure to hear his name blasphemed. The seat of the scorner may be very lofty, but it is very near to the gate of hell. Let us flee from it, for it shall soon be empty, and destruction shall swallow up the man who sits therein. Mark the gradation in this first verse. It talks about the uh, walking in the counsel of the ungodly, standing in the way of the sinner, and sitting in the seat of the scornful. The Christian knows something about this holy separation, separate unto the Lord, feeding on his word, seeking those things that are according to God's will, and not the will of men. Thank you for joining with us on Let the Bible Speak today, and I pray that the Lord will make this uh, ministry a, a, a foundation in your life, that it, you will have a deep root system in the Word of the living God. And I'll be 
glad to pray for you, to encourage you. Send me an email, send me a letter, or just let me know that you're listening in to Let the Bible Speak Day and Daily. Let's unite in prayer. Father, we thank thee for bringing us into this new year. Thank you for all the grace that has been poured into our lives and all the mercies that we have enjoyed. We thank thee for this Psalm 1 and its exhortation to be separate from the way of sinners, from the scornful and the wicked. And I pray that you will make each of your people like that tree planted by the rivers of the water, that our delight will be in the law of the Lord day and night, drinking up the truth and rejoicing in the Lord Jesus. And so bless our ministry. May you comfort the lonely, those that are bereaved and sorrowing at this time, that you may just draw near to pour in your grace, to put your everlasting arms about your child, and that you will heal hearts, comfort and bless and answer prayer for families, for homes, for children, grandchildren, and may the touch of the Lord be the Lord's power upon your people. Draw near to us. Receive our worship and our praises in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Ephesians 6, and our text today are the verses uh, 19 and 20. Our text is verses 19 and 20. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. What should a pastor preach upon on the first day of the new year? After some thought and prayer about this, I have come to this particular text this morning. Is it going to be the past? Is it going to be the future? Is it going to be the challenges? that face Christianity and the gospel in our day. From this text, the title of our sermon today is going to be Praying for Your Preacher. That, as the Lord would lead this morning, is our burden, and I believe is the urgent need in any church and in this church that we have a band of God's people 
who truly, earnestly, regularly, and with all the desire of heart, pray for the preaching of God's Word in this house. Now, in Ephesians 6, you will know that Paul is very conscious of the spiritual battle that is going on in the Christian life and for the gospel. And for this, he wrote the whole uh, treatise on the Christian armor. And he warned us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. This is not an earthly, uh, material war, but rather it is a spiritual war that we battle against those forces that are angelic, that are demonic, and the powers of hell that are against the church of the Lord Jesus. And you read verse 12, it comes out very clearly. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. The seventh weapon that Paul designates to fight this spiritual battle is the weapon of all prayer. And he pleads with God's people to take this weapon. Now, there are three parts to it. And you'll notice down in verse 18, praying always with all prayer. There's the weapon identified, the weapon of all prayer. And there are three parts to this earnest praying in the spiritual battle for the gospel. Supplication, that's the first one. In the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance. So you have three things. You have supplication, perseverance, and watching. Watching, of course, is that praying, not the sleepy kind, not the praying that puts people to sleep, not the kind that makes people just grow dull, but it is alertness. It is to be on the lookout and to be seeking God with a diligent and an earnest mind. Then there's perseverance. It's not something we do once and forget about it. And then also the third one, supplication. That means a petition, the very focus of what we're asking for in God's presence. Now, Paul says that there is need for prayer for two purposes. He says in this verse, uh, in verse 18 at the end, perseverance and supplication for all saints. That's the first. All saints need prayer. Every Christian needs prayer. And you and I need the prayer support of God's people. And every Christian who wants to fight this spiritual battle, who wants to be engaged in serving the Lord, you will be involved some way, somehow, amongst praying people, laying out your needs, taking them to the throne of God, watching, persevering, supplicating, and asking others to pray with you and for you in the Christian life. What a difference it would make. And every one of us need to have a focus and an earnest prayer life for the saints, Paul says. And then the second part, he says, and for me, and for me, 
And he goes on to develop that as he is involved in preaching. So the first is for the saints. The second is for the preaching of God's word. And he says, and for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Let me ask you, have you really thought much about and prayed about the preaching of God's Word? After all, this is not really an abstract work. It is not something that is mere theory. You do this in a very practical, physical way. You, at set times, leave your home. You eat, dress, drive come along to the public worship of God's house, and you take your place for the times when the Word of God is preached. You hear the message. You listen to the effort of the preacher to convey something from this book to your mind with the intent that you may apply it in your life and make your life more effective for the Lord, the God of heaven. That's the process. That's what it's about. And it is something that you are engaged in. It is not just a habit. If it's only a habit, it'll not last long. It'll not do much for you. Now, preaching the gospel is the wisdom of God and the power of God. It is the way by which God bestows faith. And faith is the funnel. Faith is the channel of the very blessings of the covenant of grace. You receive everything in the Christian life by faith. Preaching the word is God's way of bestowing faith. It's like someone giving you uh, the very hose to fill your car with gas. And unless you have that hose, you can't get the gas in. And likewise, in your Christian life, if you want to have the, the fullness, the blessedness of God, you need the vessel. And that is the ministry, the true searching and application of God's Word. Now, you can be very sure today that because of this, Satan is opposed to preaching. And that's why Paul makes this all weapon of all prayer, and he brings it right round to preaching as absolutely vital, because Satan is in the business of keeping men in darkness. The preacher, the message of the gospel, is the business of spreading the light and bringing men and women to the truth as it is in the Lord Jesus. Now, as we think about God's work in this new year, we really need to take to heart this plea of the apostle to these Christians at Ephesus, and for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. So let us look at the scripture in light of praying for the preaching of God's word. I see here three things. Now, I want to give you the three main things that I see here. Firstly, Paul's personal engagement in preaching, and for me. 
Paul's sense of obligation in preaching. He called himself an ambassador in bonds. He has a task to fulfill. Paul's request for boldness, and he repeats that over this unction, this utterance, this ability to preach with effectiveness, was in the heart of Paul as he requested these Christians to pray for him. Now, firstly, Paul's personal engagement in preaching, and for me. I want you to think about his situation. This is a prison letter that Paul was writing from Rome. He was in a, a hired house under guard, chained night and day for two years. And during that time, there was an opportunity to have people come into his home and hear the ministry of the Word of God. Now, it was by no means a perfect situation. It was by no means a time that was easy, either physically for Paul. He was a prisoner. He was under duress with all the fear of the future and what was be, will be before him. And when the news came out that this man, the Apostle Paul, was in the city, people wanted to come to meet him, and opportunity was given to preach again and again to these people. Now, Paul realized he could not handle this situation in his own strength, and he applied to these people, please remember me in this most odd, difficult situation as I seek to proclaim the message of the gospel. And no matter what the situation in which we preach, whether it's a prison cell, a hospital ward, or a care home, a Sunday school class, or in a regular church service, the situation demands the praying of God's people. You know the story of Jonah, that he wanted to run away from the situation God called him. And there are many times that preachers would rather run away than stay at the task. Now, I do note that when Paul wrote this letter to the Christians at Ephesus, he never even hinted, would you please pray that I might escape from this? He didn't pray that he would get an opportunity to flee or that his situation would be changed or bettered. What he prayed for was grace to do the task in the situation in which he was found. And men and women, that's what I ask of you. Here we find ourselves in Cloverdale in the 21st century. The odds are against us. The spirit of the age is atheism, uh, agnosticism, humanism. Unbelief is so strong today, and we need God's grace to preach the Word in this situation. Also, I want you to think about his continuation. He said here that therein, therein, I may speak boldly. He wanted to be absolutely faithful in the midst of this very situation that he found himself. Now, if you go back with me to Acts 28, verse 30-31, you will notice how during this time 
Paul was indeed faithful. He was truly, truly faithful, and he continued all through his period there until the day when he stood before Nero, when he had his trial. And all these days in this prison cell, he continued. And Paul dwelt two whole years. This is now Acts 28, verse 30. Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came in unto him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. Now, surely Paul would put that down to the prayers of God's people. He had a free opportunity without hindrance to preach the word. We need to pray about that. We need to pray that we have open doors and that the liberty that we enjoy today continues. We don't know how long we may have to freely assemble and to proclaim the word of God. This is a liberty that is a blessing. We need to pray that we may be given grace to continue. Then also, keep your finger in Acts 28, please. Uh, I want you to think about his inspiration. I want you to think about the utterance that he prayed about here, or he called these people to pray for. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me. Now, if you substitute the word utterance, with the term truth, you get the message of the text. That truth, and the word there is a very familiar word that you ought to know after this Christmas season. It's the word logos, which is the mind of God. And Paul is praying that, that in that prison cell for every soul that comes in through that door and hears the preaching of the word, that Paul will have the mind of God for each and every soul that comes to hear the message of the word. That utterance may be given unto me, that truth, that mind of God would be my portion as I would preach the word. Paul didn't just want to exercise a ministry and say, yes, I want to show you my scrolls. Here's God's word. He didn't just want to say to them, here's my academic credentials. Paul really wanted to have power to convince men boldly with the gospel. Will you pray for that as we continue this ministry in the year to come? How the preacher ever needs the mind of God, how the preacher ever needs to have a message from God. And he wants to have a word from the Lord for hungry souls. We pray for hungry souls to come, but the preacher needs a word for that soul. Now, this is God, has to be God's doing because Paul had no idea the need of people coming in to, to hear the word. And the preacher in, in most situations has no idea the need of people coming through the doors. Now, when you get to know people and you get familiar with, with them and they come regularly and they become part of the congregation, you may know certain things. But the person who comes as a visitor or a friend or, or just newly coming, the preacher's no idea. 
No idea of the past, no idea of the guilt, no idea of the sins, no idea of the burdens. But the Lord knows. And the Lord must give that mind, that utterance, that message that is just right, that is just straight God's arrow to the hearer's heart. And Paul was asking these Ephesians to pray for that. Now, the message, of course, will not be easy on the flesh. People may not like it. And if the preacher is preaching just to be popular, he's not in Paul's school. Paul did not ask to be a popular preacher. He did not ask that he would have an easy message, but that he would have the mind of God and a word that would instruct, correct, direct, and furnish God's people unto godliness. Now, Paul, as he dealt with those coming into him at Rome, he was, he was cutting against paganism, the paganism of Rome. And he was also cutting against apostate Judaism. So there were real issues that he had to deal with. There was Greek philosophy. There was the idolatry of the day, the uh, hedonism of the day. And Paul needed the mind of God to deal with all of these things. Now, as you think of the age in which we're ministering to, people who come to church today, let's realize they've got their head filled with all kinds of philosophies. A few generations ago, most people were not tainted with the modernism that we uh, have around us today. Most people went from uh, 15-year-old to work in the farm, to work in the field. Young people today, they spend many years in secular schools, high school, university, and they are programmed with the false philosophies of today that twist and warp the mind. Today, the preacher that is going to be effective needs the message that deals with these things. And we need the Lord's power to preach. Another thing that we face today is this notion of a new Jesus, a new Jesus. And the whole Jesus of the Bible is being reinterpreted, reimagined, and all of this is, is really now the, the liberalism, the modernism of this age. I want you to notice, and this is why I wanted you to keep your finger in Acts 28, verse 23, that Paul spent his time in this prison cell to all who came in to hear. He spent his time, Acts 28, verse 3, expounding the real Jesus. Expounding the real Jesus. And when they had appointed him a day, there came many to him in his lodging, to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus. Concerning Jesus. Persuading, and then it goes on to say, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets, from morning till evening. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived 
by program date on our website. Just go to www.ltbs.ca, CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Music